I'm Adela, and this is the House Medium Podcast. In this podcast, you are going to send me your emails and you're going to ask your questions, whether it's paranormal or have to do with real estate and you want me to look at the house that you're looking to buy or rent. But not only are you going to send me your emails, but I'm going to have you on my podcast and I'm going to see and tell you what I see while I'm seeing it responding to your email right to you and you are going to tell me if this makes sense if it resonates so all the listeners can hear and be a part of this experience now if you don't want to be on here i understand for those of you who don't i will still read your email however i look forward to being your house medium. Correction. A little correction. I messed up this podcast uh, name at the beginning, this email. This email is actually from PK. Okay. I apologize, PK. This mess. This is PK's email. Hello. So welcome back to the house medium. I'm Adela, your house medium. And I have a pretty long uh, email <laughs> and it's two stories in one, but I think you're going to enjoy it. So I'm going to dive right in. I'm not even going into the medium brew cafe today. However, however, even though I'm not going into medium brew cafe, I do want to uh, recommend something before I forget. I remembered this. Um, I was talking to um, Marcy, you know, from a funny feeling um, podcast. If you don't know their podcast, you go check them out. I'm sure most of you do. And she was like posting her coffee thing and it reminded me of my favorite syrup. Okay. If you are one of those people that has like a, you know, you have a whole setup where you're, um, you know, have your whole coffee station, then this is for you. I'm one of those people. And what I think is so funny is I see all of these people posting their coffee stations. I was doing this like 15 years ago, just saying, just saying, just saying. I had um, a coffee station in my house, like where I had all my, like people used to think, you know, they were like, whoa, you're over the top. But I used to like grind my beans, do French press. And I still have a coffee station. I've just replaced it for K cup because I did get sold on the convenience. I did. So, um, so anyway, so she was kind of showing her new coffee station and she had syrups. And I said, I have to tell everyone. And I know, I feel like, I feel like I'm being, you know, sack religious, which is fitting for this podcast episode. Is that the right word? Sacrilegious? Because I'm not in the Medium Brew Cafe telling you this, but Monin, Monin, M-O-N-I-N syrups is the best syrups you can ever have. I used to be a buyer. I used to buy um, product for a coffee company. I was in the coffee business and I had to taste all these different things and they use real flavoring, like real vanilla bean. They're more expensive, but you can get them on Amazon. I'll post a picture of it for everybody. Don't worry. That's why I'm not worried about being in the Moody Brew Cafe right now, because I will do a little tiny little presentation 
myself um, and post it so you guys can see. Um, did anybody try my drink that, you know, I recommended with the lollipop, uh, Jolly Rancher Caramel Lollipop with steamed cider? No, anyone? Anyway, just side note. So I will post that separately, but I'm telling you, check these syrups out. If you're a coffee person and you have coffee flavors, I don't really like flavors, as you've heard me say on here very much. It's not like I hate them. I do like them, but they have to taste real. And I remembered, oh, these were the ones I used to use in my drink. So look for next episode. I'm going to get some of the syrups. That's why I'm just kind of doing a prelude. And I'm going to post some of my drinks that I created when I used to work for a coffee business that they wanted me to create a menu for them. I am going to go through some of my creations. Anyway, that's it. Let's get into it because it's it's a long one. Let's get into the email. All right. All right, here we go. Hold on. I have to get I have to get a drink of water for this. I should be drinking my coffee, but I kind of did already. This is from Michael. Hello, Adela. So recently I learned about your work through the Bigfoot Collectors Club this week. I listened to a few of your episodes and I'm hooked. Awesome. And shout out to the BCC boys. I wanted to take the opportunity to send you a couple of my experiences. I would love to hear feedback on them on your podcast. For some context, I grew up in the LDS church, so I've always had spiritual beliefs, God, afterlife, etc. But I've always been a scientist at heart. Very curious, observational, objective. But I wanted to share two stories here. To this day, I cannot explain. Story number one. This was back in the summer of 2016. I was a missionary for the church at the time. As a missionary, you live at a location far from home and you volunteer about 16 hours a day, six days a week, teaching families principles centered on Christianity. At all the times you, at all times you serve with a companion rotating every six to 12 weeks. So he, I guess, had somebody who did this with him, you know, like a fellow missionary. Um, any of you who've been in the church and, and maybe some of you who haven't and have had these missionaries approach you, you know what this means. It means that they're saving your souls. Um, I served my mission in the country of Ecuador in South America. At the time, I was living in an area where the native people of the area dwelt called Atavalo. I think, I hope I'm saying this right. Please don't be upset me if I'm not. I'm doing my best. With, this is me talking. <laughs> within, a, within a small village called Bakuchi, the building we lived in was a three-story apartment-style building. Our apartment consisted of entire third floor of the building. We had a kitchen a storage room, a bedroom, and a study room arranged in that order. The second floor of the building was also one whole apartment that belonged to a foreign family who only used the space for vacations. Very rarely. That's important. In my entire time, I never saw them occupy it. The bottom floor of the building held three large rooms that served each as their small studio apartment. The entire bottom floor was also 
unoccupied. We were the only ones living in that whole building. I lived in this building for three short weeks. My time there was great. I enjoyed the people that I met and made a lot of good connections in the community. While living in the house, things were pretty standard, though I had two nights in the house where my companion and I were awoken by a strange noise coming from the storage room. Adjacent to our bedroom, the sound was sort of a rolling, scraping noise followed by a soft thud over and over again. It sounded as if a large marble was being rolled across the floor to hit the wall, then changing direction, rolling to the other side of the room, and then hitting the opposite wall on both nights. My companion and I woke to the sound at about 1 a.m. Very confused, and as soon as we got out of bed and entered the hallway to inspect the noise, feet, uh, sorry, inspect the noise, it would cease. So they're getting up, they're trying to see the hell is this noise going on and they would hear the noise going and then all of a sudden it would just stop it would cease only to begin once more as soon as we got back into bed hmm that's interesting so it's now it's going back again so they would get up check it out and then they go back to bed and it would continue for about 10 minutes and then cease for good. I never thought too much of it, but I could never identify what could be making the noise. Fast forward about eight months, I was in a small town called San Roque, about 15 minutes down the road from Big Chu, which was now occupied by a sister missionaries. I was served with a companion who was brand new to the field. On one night, my companion and I were visiting with the family. Our last visit of the night at about 8.30 p.m. and we were wrapping up and preparing to go home for the evening. Before we had a chance to formally end our visit, I got a call from, from one of the sister missionaries over the phone. They sounded very distressed with a tremor in their voice explaining that someone had been in their house and there were flower petals everywhere. They felt very uncomfortable. And I asked if we could stop by their place and inspect the building before they went back in. They sounded very concerned. And so my companion and I hopped in a taxi and went over to check it out. We arrived and the girls were sitting out of the building, sitting on the curb. We're outside of the building, sitting on the curb, and they jumped to meet us. They again explained about the flower petals, the doors being unlocked, and having an overall uncomfortable feeling about being inside. My companion entered the building through the first floor and decided to head up the stairs. Okay, so we're going up the stairs. We ascended and got to the missionary's apartment and entered to look around and there were, to look around, there, there we found rose petals on the floor throughout the place, but nothing else seemed out of place. We excited and decided to check the second floor. Okay, we're going up the second floor. The entrance to the apartment consisted of dual doors, each with the upper half holding a large window. On the sides of the doors stood a tall windows spanning from the floor to the ceiling, plenty of room to see inward. 
The door was, of course, locked, but we decided to peer through the windows as best as we could to see if maybe anyone was home that could have contributed to what the girls had going on. The inside was dark, unlit, neat, as always, unoccupied. Here, something strange happened. As my companion and I stood outside, peering in, the whole doorway sort of shifted towards us as if to push back, whirling against us as we were leaning forward. My companion and I looked at each other, both seeming to notice the event, but I didn't make much of it, perhaps thinking it was a draft. We moved then to the first floor. Okay, so now we're going up to the first floor where the pier, the power was out. So we had a small fat flashlight that we resorted to. Surprisingly, the doors were unlocked as we checked them. We saw each room one at a time. Okay, peering in with our flashlight, finding each room empty. That's it, that is until we got to the last room near the exit of the building. We slowly, we opened the door slowly. We saw an entirely empty room with an arrangement of lit candles on the center of the floor. Looking back on the event, we guessed this in combination with the petals must have been some sort of cleansing ritual or seance of sorts. At that point, we both felt a lot of fear as well as bad accompanying feeling and we left the building. We met the girls outside and said that while we found found nothing, we did find it odd that someone had been inside their place and said if they wished, we could contact neighboring sister, sister missionaries and talk about them staying with them tonight. They agreed and went to pack a few things. We then stood all together outside the building on the curb, waiting for a taxi to come pick up the girls. As we stood, I experienced a very odd sensation. I felt strongly as if I were being watched from behind as if the building were watching me. I then heard, not quite heard, a voice whispering. A whisper as almost if there was something coming from inside my head. I dismissed the feeling and the voice convincing myself that I was imagining. I figured it was nothing until at that moment My companion turned to look at me and asked, Do you hear that? At that moment, both of us felt the hair on our neck stand on end and in unison turn towards the building as if to spot our watcher. We looked to the second floor of the building to a window and saw the curtains parted, suspended, held apart by what I can only describe as a humanoid, three-dimensional shadow. After less than a second it vanished and the curtains fell to fell to their natural hanging position my companion and i 
took a look at one another and together we decided move the crowd down the street. It was only the two of us that saw the figure in the window. We didn't communicate with the girls. This event stood out to me because I was not alone. My companion and I experienced the exact same things. Even now, years later, in communicating with him, he tells the exact same events to recall the story. Whew. Well, hold on. We're not done. <laughs> we have story number two. Story number two from 2020 to 2023, I worked in a residential therapy program aimed to help young adults on the autism spectrum develop independent living skills. This program took place in a small apartment building. The building was square in shape with four floors, all consisting of a central hallway with two apartments on each side, a total of 16 apartments in the building. On the bottom floor, however, one of those apartment spaces was dedicated as a laundry room and another as a communal area. This building was old, was very old, built in the 1940s, I believe. Before we owned, uh, before owned by the program, it used to be an ordinary apartment complex rented out to tenants. We had recently acquired the student that was about 20 years adult, but developmentally he was about seven or eight. He was underdeveloped emotionally, socially, and was quite childlike in his demeanor, display, and approach. He was very interested in cooking, heavy metal music, and horror films. My type of man. He was, that's me, <laughs> my type of guy. He was, uh, maybe it's minus the horror films <laughs> uh, sometimes. It was October 30th, appropriate, again, my input, 2020, and this student, will call him Charlie, had requested to watch a movie in the common area. Since it was in a common space, we we staff let him know that if it was a movie all were all were comfortable with, he was free to do so. He chose The Conjuring 2013. I love all the details that Michael puts in this, which the rest of the individuals present agreed to. We sat watching the movie and all was regular that night. I was on the shift with a coworker that had been there about four months by this time. We'll call her Rachel. Rachel was in her late 30s, married, had a couple of kids. She was soft-spoken, mature, collected, and down-to-earth. Over the few months of working together, I had gotten to know her fairly well. The time came about 9 p.m., and Rachel and I were only ones present in the common area with Charlie watching the movie. The rest of the residents had gone to bed in their individual apartments in the building. As we sat, Charlie began to make comments about the movie, such as, I like the feeling I get when I watch scary movies. He made one odd comment noting, I feel a warm presence next to me while I watch this. While I figured he may just be being silly, both Rachel and I found it an odd comment to make. Charlie then made a comment directed towards Rachel saying, there are two spirits in the front. They are watching you. Mm. This made Rachel uncomfortable, I bet. <laughs> and together we let Charlie know how that made her feel and asked him to keep those sorts of comments to himself. There, This is very Sixth Sense vibe, by the way. He then pointed out the name of one of the spirits. We'll call him 
Frank, saying that Frank in particular was watching Rachel. At that point, Rachel was very uncomfortable with the comment, and together we pointed out the curfew was nearing and that Charlie should retire to bed and we could finish the movie another time. Charlie agreed, saying he was tired anyway. We turned off the movie and he retired to his apartment. Afterwards, Rachel and I completed some closing chores together. Not making much more of the situation, however, she did remark that she still had an uneasy feeling about it all. Later that evening, at about 10 p.m., Charlie returned from his apartment reporting that he was having trouble with his toilet, explaining that it was clogged. I went with him to address the issue. He led the way up the stairs. Okay building to the third floor where his apartment was. I followed behind and as I did, I felt one of the heaviest feelings I have ever felt. Oh, wow. Ever felt is pretty in my life. It was as if a dark, heavy energy was right behind me, walking up the stairs, close behind, as if breathing down my neck. It was almost tangible. I tried to ignore it, blaming it on my imagination. But it only grew worse as I entered Charlie's apartment. No longer able to ignore the feeling, I paused to myself while Charlie was washing his dishes. I said a silent prayer in my head, asking for protection and for relief from whatever that was lingering. As I finished that dark feeling, energy seemed to lift and I no longer felt its loom. I helped Charlie unclog his toilet and thanked him and went to bed. I returned downstairs and find Rachel sitting on the couches with her eyes watering. I asked her if she was doing okay, to which she responded, showing me her forearm, revealing six scratches that appeared parallel on her forearm. She explained that the scratches suddenly appeared there while I was upstairs image attached so you can see this on my instagram i have it, the image on there she continued saying that she felt extremely uncomfortable in the building and asked if it was okay to go home i let her know i'd be able to handle the rest of the night on my own and i sent her home the rest of the night was uneventful and all was quiet the next day rachel and i shared a shift together and she immediately approached me to relay the events of her day she said that the previous night she had visited her parents, asked her father, who was a member of the LDS church, for a priesthood blessing, for comfort. She reported that this relieved her of all fear and unsafety she felt. She also reported that her parents noted that the very building where we worked where, was where a relative of hers, an uncle, if I remember correctly, named Frank. Yep used to live addressing further curiosity so let's see she reported live the fear she had safety okay know that she was very, that the parents noted that the very building we, we worked was oh the very building they worked okay wow <laughs> yes i had to redress that addressing further curiosity in the morning she made a visit to a friend who practiced Reiki. This friend performed an energy cleanse of sorts and had told her that her scratch was a dark spirit attempting to attach itself to her. I remember this event in particular because as well, I did not experience this one alone. In conclusion, 
I am very excited to hear what you have to say about these stories. Let me know if you have any questions. Gosh, that was a long one. And I did let him know and I had him on. So let's hear what I had to say to Michael. Okay, everybody, you heard me read PK's email. Um, There's a lot happening in this email, a lot of different layers to this email. So I'm excited and he's coming on. I'm excited he, he agreed to come on. So here he is. Hi, PK. Hey, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, thanks. Um, I appreciate it. All right. So you're a BCC person, of course. Of course, I, mm-hmm. of course. That's the Bigfoot Collectors Club, everybody. Um, heard me on there. We're going to go do this email. We're diving in because there's a lot happening. We have a lot of different stories in one story, which I like. But that means I want to kind of unveil things, you know, peel the onion back and maybe some other things pop into your mind around that. And, you know, this way we can get, and then before we like dive into me telling you what I see. All right. Ready? I'm okay. ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we start off um, with, okay. So you're in the LDS, which for those you don't know is a Mormon church, right? And you always had a belief of afterlife, which is kind of common with that religion, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say with all of it, I have LDS, XLDS, who 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 know me and listen to this podcast. I would say in my experience, not only it's not just like a little bit of a belief. Usually, it's like a pretty. Str- I mean, that's kind of a big part of the religion is what lies. Yeah. Right. The debate is the way they believe is gonna what's gonna happen in the afterlife. But the afterlife is a thing. Okay, so we got that. All right, so, um, but you've been a scientist at heart, which I love because I could tell by the way you talk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And this was in 2016, so it wasn't that long. You're on a missionary. Why don't you just explain people real quick because not everybody knows what a missionary is. Not not everybody um, who, you know, even the church I grew up in, you know, I the people go on missions. So why don't you explain it a little bit? Right. So the idea is it's essentially volunteer work. Um, Living away from home. Um, Typically it's at least out of state, if not out of country. Right. Um, But you are kind of there of your own accord. You're not working or doing anything, um, but you're really just spending all day finding people and finding families and teaching them about Christ from kind of a spiritual perspective and kind of helping them build faith and kind of better their lives that way. But that's essentially all you're doing Mm -hmm. from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. So for free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) So that (laughs) church always has a good way of finding things to be done for free. My Mm -hmm. experience. That's right. right? (laughs) Like for God, everybody. All right, so volunteer for 16 hours, six days a week. Woohoo! 
Interesting. Um, and then um, you're rotated with different companions. So you're in South America. You're in Ecuador. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so you were living with the people and in an area called Otavalo. Is that what you said? Otavalo. High- yeah. Otavalo. Thank mm-hmm. you. Within a small village called, you say it. It's Peguche. Peguche. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Uh, sorry, I butchered it. <laughs> before. No, you're totally um, <laughs> the building we lived in was two story. Okay. So you're in this building. And um, you had an, it was like an apartment in this small village. Mm-hmm. The second floor of the building was also a whole apartment. All right, so you're kind of we're setting the scene here of the building, and the bottom floor of the building had three large rooms. We were the only ones living in the building. Okay, so it was only you and your compa- the person who's like basically your partner on the mission, right? Yeah, essentially. Okay, so you lived in. You were just there for three weeks. And you totally felt fine with the people and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't yeah. feel anybody was giving you side eyes of like, get out of here, get out of our town, so to speak. Um, I mean, there's always kind of the people that are like, oh, those guys are here to convert you, you know, because right. I mean, everybody has their own kind of pre-existing faith. And so that mm-hmm. was kind of the attitude towards us is like, oh, they're here to convert you. Like, be wary right. of what you hear from them. But uh, no, never any like hostility, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So things were pretty standard. And then mm-hmm. now we get to where things started to happen. So um, though I had two nights in that house where my companion and I were woken by strange noise from the storage room, which was adjacent to your room. Mm-hmm. And the sound yeah. was a, a rolling, scraping noise followed by a soft thud over. Can you kind of try explain the sound? Right. So it kind of sounded as if somebody was rolling a marble across the room over and over again. Like, I mean, I'll sit here and make sound effects like kind of this yeah. funny noise that would repeat like that over and over. Oh, interesting. So kind of like a small marble rolling across the floor. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Kind of the closest image I could the make closest. of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You did write that down. So. <laughs> My bad. Okay, so on both nights, your companion and you woke up at 1 a.m., very confused as soon as we got out of bed and entered the hallway. To Okay, so this would happen like at 1 in the morning, you would think. Yeah, somewhere um, between like 1 and 3-ish, I would say. Yeah. Would wake us up, we'd go like get up out of bed, go check it out. And as soon as we'd enter or exit our room, it would just stop. Yeah, that's pretty much mm-hmm. like the witching hour. That's kind of when those things happen. Mm-hmm. So that fits totally. And for every, you know, for you and everybody to know, I feel those things happen because this is when you're kind of dreamy and you're not so much in that science mind of yours, the logical mind of trying, you know, your brain's kind of more floaty in and out. So they kind of like to grab your attention at that point. Yeah. Um as we got back to the bed. So when you when you got up, you just you sure there was nothing like on the floor, nothing around. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of an empty room. There was like a couple of dressers in there, but like mm-hmm. nothing on the floor that was insecure that could be moving around in any way. Okay. That's good to yeah. know. Okay. So you never thought too much about it and then we're going to fast forward 8 months. Mm-hmm. And now you're in a whole different town. Right. right? It's kind of a yeah, different little town just about five, 10 minutes down the road. Okay. And um, 
which was occupied by sister. So a different missionary was in that. Yeah. So that little area of that apartment building we're referencing now had kind of sister missionaries in it. So two girls that were living in that area. Okay. So on one night, your companion and I were visiting with family our last visit night about 830 and we were wrapping up and preparing to go home before we had a chance to formally end our visit. So you got a call from your, and they were upset because they found mm-hmm. something had been in their house. Okay. This is the one where you find like candles right upstairs. Okay. So they sounded very concerned and they said there were flower petals. Can you describe that imagery? Yeah. So, I mean, that night when we had got there, there mm-hmm. was just the, I think there were rose petals just kind of everywhere okay. throughout the building. Um, they were all over the first floor, all over like leading up the stairs, but then they were inside the sister missionary's apartment that was upstairs too, which like we just concluded like somebody at least must've been in through, maybe it was the owner of the building that came. Um, but yeah. So were they in just the, I think I was picturing it like in the doorway or was it all the way down in the room? All the way throughout. Mm-hmm. All the way throughout the room. Yeah. Did it start at the doorway? Yeah, it started at the doorway as you entered the building. And then it was just down the entire hallway, in all the empty rooms down there, up the oh, stairs. Oh, really? So everywhere. Um, okay. Yeah, just everywhere. Okay. So your companion entered the building through the first floor and decided to go upstairs and got to the missionary's apartment and looked around. And there were found rose, more rose petals, petals mm-hmm. everywhere. Okay, that's insane. Yeah. That's interesting. We excited and decided to check the second floor entrance apartment and dual doors with the upper half holding a large window. What do you mean? Can you describe that a little bit yeah. more? So the entrance to this big apartment that's on the second floor, it's mostly window, if that makes sense. So it's okay. kind of double doors there, but you can see through the entire thing. It's mostly glass. So you have a pretty good view inside and like you can see the kitchen and the living room and it's... Uh, do those so- doors... Does it open? It could have, yeah. I mean, they were locked at the time. They were locked. Okay, um, that's what I went to. They were locked from the inside then. Yeah. Okay. Um, we kind of just decided to like knock, see if anybody's home to see maybe if that family happened to be home. It was owned by this family that just used it as a vacation space very, very rarely. So they typically were never there. But yeah, So would, is this, this kind of the setup kind of like what we would have like duplexes here? sort of it's it's very like weird construction yeah I'm imagine to like it. a three-floor building <laughs> okay um the entire top floor is one apartment the entire second floor is one apartment and then that bottom floor has three little studio apartments in it okay so yeah. it kind of is built for like many families like a lot of these cultures do that we don't do very mm. well here it's like you could have different families in this same space exactly yeah. okay that's what okay that's what i just saw okay on the side of the door stood tall windows okay we got that and peeked through the windows as best as we could inside the dark was until neat here something strange happened as my companion and i stood outside peering in the doorway sort of shifted to, okay this we gotta hear right yeah the doorway so this- sort of shifted forwards towards us as if to push back against us as we were leaning forward all right explain that yeah so we're both kind of i mean we're like cupped our eyes kind of leaning against this window Mm -hmm. 
and like not with a whole lot of pressure we're just kind of like sitting against it peering through to see if maybe anybody was in there and it was as if the whole doorway sort of breathed like with a force kind of like pushed and groaned a little bit and we both kind of looked at each other like like did we <laughs> just see that yeah. yeah we were both just kind of like did that actually happen and you know that i'm sitting there like maybe it was a breeze blah 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 but I'm also thinking, yeah, nobody's going to leave a window open in this apartment for years and months at a time that they're not home. So there's no like airflow or anything going on. And so it was just confusing. Couldn't really make sense of how this whole doorway would just kind of lurch forward and like groan and breathe. almost. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. I like that. A breathing door. (laughs) Okay. And then you moved to the first floor and here the power was out. So the power was already out. It didn't go out in the moment you were there, right? No, it just, uh, there was no power connected to that floor since nobody okay. lived there. Yeah. Okay. And so you had a small flashlight. It's like a scene out of movie, PK. You're like, yeah, it was totally breathing doors. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I think it's a little more than Scooby-Doo. I, Scooby-Doo was pretty like pretty uh, pretty basic you know what i yeah. mean it was pretty like ooh, this is mm-hmm. this is a little more like stranger things or something yeah it was very um, bizarre it is very bizarre okay so we saw each other one at a time peering in our flashlight finding each room empty that is until we got to the last room near the exit of the building we opened the door slowly inside we saw an entirely empty room within a range of lit candles okay this is the this is um Looking back on the event, we guess this is in combination with the pedals. Okay, so can you describe that scene? Yeah. So we get to this last door, kind of creak it open, makes a spooky, creaky noise. Like, these metal hinges just going oh, off the wow. wall. And yeah, I'm telling you, it's like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. We both have yeah. our heads like stacked on top of one another. <laughs> this and we see just this setup of candles in there. And like our immediate reaction was just fear and we slammed the door and ran upstairs and we were just like what was that why is that there you know and in my head at least i was like oh shoot that was some kind of summon circle something's here um i mean but later we presumed like oh wait okay with the pedals maybe that was like a form of like catholic blessing they do down there in the building but mm-hmm. all of a sudden forming all these reasons and images as to why that's there in the first place was the so circle we just get spooked. like a perfect circle and was, yeah, do, you, do you know what color candles they were by any chance? Uh, were they no. red or black? Okay. I couldn't tell you the color. Because you were just like, you just were like, were the candles burning? Yes, they were lit. Uh-huh. They were lit. They were lit. Ooh, and so, okay. I mean, we saw it and like not even a second, we just shut the door and ran. Because <laughs> okay. we didn't want to mess with that. This is why I like details because... Mm-hmm it's a very different scene. You know what I mean? If you open up the door, yes, that could be spooky. If candles are burned out, then you're just kind of like, all right, so nobody's here, but candles burning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the floor either wood? somebody's here or somebody was here. I'm assuming that's wooded wood floors, right? No, the floor is all kind of ceramic tile. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, good. Okay. Um, it's, that's another detail I like to ask because I'm just, you know, if somebody was doing this, they would think of that, you know, and they maybe wouldn't leave. Okay. As well as be uh, back a company feeling we had left the building. Okay. So you meet the girls outside 
and you're like, guess what? It's a welcome committee. No, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, did you tell the, so you the girls outside? We talk about them staying. Okay. So you told them what happened. Yeah. We didn't really tell them about the candles because uh, we didn't want to like just raise the fear in the atmosphere okay. or anything like that. It's a little weird. Like if you guys want to gather some stuff, like we'll call somebody and see if you can stay the night and, somewhere And you else. didn't tell them about the breathing doors. No. Uh -uh. <laughs> okay. That was very nice of you. <laughs> All right. So they're like, okay, rose petals. I guess it's not so bad. You're like, don't tell them the doors are uh -huh. alive and there's party <laughs> <Yeah>. candles. <laughs> okay. So we sit outside uh, together outside the building on the curb and you're waiting for a taxi. You know, as you said, experience a very odd sensation, like you were being watched. Okay. Why don't you describe that? Okay. So there's like, the feeling like you're being watched and then there's the feeling of as if somebody is looking under your skin watching you like burning you into this, your soul type of being yeah, watched just yeah something very like not good watching you that's kind of i mean that that's and the kind of the sense i got from it and then you heard a quiet uh, voice whisper what did you hear and how did it sound yeah it's like if uh, like the best way I can describe it is I didn't really hear it with my ears, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. It was kind of like yeah, I heard it. That's telepathic. Yeah. Like in it, your head, yeah, like telepathic. Um, but it wasn't really like any audible words or anything. All I could sense was like something is reaching out to me, you know? Okay. That's interesting. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm probably just scared. I'm probably just spooked. It's just me, you know, trying to play it off. And my companion that's sitting there next to me, he, turns and looks at me and he goes do you hear that and at that moment we both kind of went wide-eyed and knew that we were experiencing the same thing and just the hairs stand up on the back of our necks you know yeah see it, you would think it's comforting when that happens but it's almost <laughs> nope. worse because <laughs> you're like you want to go like yeah maybe you know it's the wind or whatever but when someone goes did you see that did you hear that you know, mm -hmm. you know, something's up. Okay. So you look to the second floor. Oh, wait. So did I, oh, you look to the second floor, right. Building in the window and saw the curtains parted, suspend, held apart by what I could only describe as a humanoid three dimensional shadow. Can you explain that? I you cannot. See? You can't explain <laughs> it. it. I'll like, explain it. But it was, uh, I mean, explain what you saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what it is, but uh, I mean, we'd look there, and it just for a fraction of a second, we conclude that like there's something standing there, and we see kind of the there's long kind of drapes or curtains on the window inside, mm -hmm. and they just parted. Yeah, they they are parted when we looked back, and after about little more than half a second of us looking at this window the curtains drop like if as if something let them go and they went back to the kind of their natural hanging position okay a couple questions was it night you said yes it was, night, it was right? about okay. 9 nine thirty at night and there was no lights on in that space right because the, no, the power wasn't. was out okay mm -hmm. all right only two of us thought this event stood out to me because i was not alone right okay story two yes everyone story two because it continues on into the future. Now we're going to flash into the future. Um, 
but oh, sorry. So you, you, um, sorry, I should say this. So your companion and I experienced exact same things. Even now, years later, you guys remember it the same. Yeah, right? I mean, it was funny because about two years ago, I was in a psychology class and we had this little assignment on memory, and so I him, I had him write me. It had been maybe three years since we mm-hmm. talked about this. Right. I was like, hey, like I'm doing a like an experiment and assignment. Send me your recollection of that story we experienced together. He's like, awesome. He types me out this thing or not types that we were on the phone. And he pretty much tells me word for word this email. <laughs> like he, okay. he remembers it very well. And I can I can guess that like psychology, um, you know, class is usually what they try to say is, is like witnesses are terrible and all this because uh-huh. people rec- recollection when they recall stuff, it's always not what we remember it. You know, like when totally. you're a kid, you're like, there was this huge hand and you're like, actually mm-hmm. now that I look, when I went back and saw the same thing, you know, this happens a lot. This is, this is the whole site, you know, the psych about witnesses and people who have trauma and, and what they think happened in the moment. So yeah, I, so that's interesting. I just wanted everyone to be clear about that because basically you're saying it didn't fit the bill of the typical psychological memory recall, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. And that's something a lot of paranormal people look for, you know, especially, you know, aliens or whatever is like, do does everybody tell the same story? Um Okay, so now we're in 2023, and you worked in a residential therapy program aimed to help young adults. So this is, um, um, the program took place in a small apartment building, right? So there were four floors now. There's a lot, you're always in these places with a lot of floors. I know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All consisting of central hallway with two apartments on each side and the bottom floor. Okay, so we're getting, you're very detailed. I could see you like, you like, you like to paint the the details of things. So the building was from the 1940s, um, but you had a student that was like 20 years, um, but they're autistic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, are, they were on the spectrum. They're on the spectrum. Okay. Um, and they were severely on the spectrum. Not like they were low functioning or high functioning. Um, Higher functioning, but uh, I mean, enough to like the, were independent to a sense like they had a job and they could cook for themselves he was actually a really good cook but um, they but, were young in right. their understanding of the world is what yeah. you're saying More intellectually childlike. very young and okay. needed a lot of assistance with just a lot of executive function stuff like uh, budgeting and time management and lots okay. of social skills things like that right so october 30th so the day before halloween Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to call him Charlie. He wants to watch like a movie, right? He, uh-huh. this is like, he's comfortable for you to do so. So he chooses, um, you were on the shift with a coworker that had only been there, like a newer coworker. Um, and he wanted to watch, um, the time we came to about 9 PM. You, so is this part relevant? So Rachel and I were the only ones present in the common area with Charlie. Okay, so you were watching the movie with him, and he wanted to watch um, The Conjuring, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And we were okay, like, sure, so- it's near Halloween, wants to watch a spooky movie, go for it. Right. There are two. So all of a sudden, so you're watching, the, he watches The Conjuring, um, Begin to Charlie begins to comment. During the movie, he's commenting? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 
So during the movie, he's like, um, comments such as, I like the feeling. This was interesting to me. <laughs> I wanted to go over mm-hmm. this. So he's <laughs> like, I like the feeling when I watch scary movies. He made one odd comment. I feel a warm presence next to me while I watch this. Do you recall kind of how he said it or any more details Just or what you kind felt? kind of matter-of-factly, not like uh, with any sort of intention Creepy. attached to it. Right. Just like observational, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that. That's what I usually find with people on the spectrum. They're they're much more like, yeah, this is just the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to this type of stuff. Uh, so Rachel's saying. So then, all of a sudden, both Rachel and I found out an odd comment to make. Right. So Charlie then made a comment directed towards Rachel. So this was directed to to her to tell her there were two spirits in the front. They were watching her. Mm-hmm. How did he say that? very just observational as well he goes hey you know by the way there's a couple of spirits out there watching you okay i really like his (laughs) way he's like okay cool let me tell you what's Uh going on (laughs) okay so rachel's kind of freaking out (laughs) she's like this was supposed to be silly fun time and this is turning into the beginning of a horror film where you were just Mm -hmm. watching a horror film now we're in scream uh, okay. <laughs> um, he then pointed out the name of one of the spirits. So he called them, we'll call him Frank. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the actual name. No, that's um, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So did Rachel react when he said that? Yeah. She was like, just made uncomfortable about it. She's like, okay, like I, I'm not in this for those kind of comments. And together we're, we're like, all right, we're getting a little excited. Let's turn off the movie. Right. Cause maybe it's, it's the movie. Anyway. Maybe yeah. the movie. Okay. And then you're, and then you guys are like time for bed, right? Okay. So now that it's time for bed, um, Rachel and I had completed closing. So you guys got the chores done, but she felt uneasy. So she, she left. Yeah. So she hadn't left at that point, but she's just kind of feeling uneasy and we're just kind of like doing some documentation and things like that. Um, but, uh, at that point, Charlie had already gone to bed, but later he comes, back down saying like hey i need some help my toilet's clogged and rachel was still like i still kind of feel uneasy about being around him do you mind going to help him out i was like yeah sure no problem okay so when you went up to help him you know he had some plumbing problems what did you feel you said you felt like a heaviness yeah so i'm following him up the stairs he's on the third floor of the building and he's in front of me leading the way and as i'm walking up i just feel this super just heavy feeling like it was like it was like i was wearing a a figurative backpack almost like this spiritual backpack full of rocks <laughs> and, okay yeah that's a and, good description uh just and i it didn't feel great either and you know again i'm just kind of blaming it onto my imagination because we had previously heard stories about this kid you know playing with ghosts and ouija boards and whatever and so if like my imagination is just running you know and I'm like, nah, it's just me. Just ignore it. But like the more I tried to ignore it, the stronger it seemed. And. Okay. So then, so then you go to back downstairs and Rachel was upset and she reveals these scratches, three scratches yeah. on her arm. So mm-hmm. did she say why all of a sudden she was crying? Was it just the scratches that freaked her out? Did she explain yeah. how, what happened to her? I mean, she didn't really explain much. Um, like I had just gotten back downstairs and she's like visibly upset there. She's crying. And 
she goes like i really don't like feel comfortable i don't feel safe and this just appeared on my arm and shows me these scratches on her arm these six parallel marks um and immediately i knew like something was definitely up because she's not kind of not at all the personality to like do that for, to herself for attention or anything like that like she's very down-to-earth humble realistic person i mean she's like a mom of kids very emotionally regulated i mean she's working with uh just more challenging yeah. individuals where you okay. have to keep your cool and she's very yeah. good at it <laughs> okay I was like okay you're definitely like upset about something at least like yeah go home and then the next do. day she she like found out that there was somebody in her family named frank yeah <laughs> so okay that, that was like the spooky part she comes she goes i have a story for you and she she comes she had that night she had stopped by her parents house and gotten a blessing from her dad it's kind of a little kind of a thing within the church that can be mm -hmm. done it's kind of yeah. a prayer on behalf of somebody and she said like after that she felt great she felt fine she'd woken up the next day those scratches were gone um but she had said that she was talking to her parents and they said you know you had a family member that used to live in that building when it was just a regular old apartment building his name was frank and that when she told me that i was like what you know like mind blown moment was yeah like, that was the name that charlie said last night of the guy that was watching in the front yard and the scratches was this the next day that they were gone yes uh -huh. okay all right yeah. we got it so let's get in because we have a lot to cover <laughs> so we better get started here all right so here we go um so my feeling about the first part let's take a look at the first part which is with the rolling around right I the, the, music. It's the marble <laughs> <laughs> there we go yeah gotta gotta bring the vibe gotta it. bring it getting into it so let me take a look at that building the building that um had the marble rolling so let me see you know like I kind of find it interesting because the thing I see in that building is almost like someone rocking back and forth. And you got to remember you're like in a country that has a lot of very strong spiritual beliefs, you know, oh, yeah. not just religious, but there's a lot of, you know, magical a lot of lore. <laughs> people. Yeah. A lot of lore, but a lot of people practice magic mm -hmm. in those type of areas. You know, you may have not dealt with them because of the work you were doing, but there's a lot of uh, people who do witchcraft and things like that and in, in have rituals and things that they do. And so I kind of feel that always those energies are kind of those places are kind of rich with those kind of energies. But I do see like a man just kind of rocking back and forth. That's just what I see. It doesn't look like it reminds me of like a rocking chair. So okay. it doesn't, even though you may have not heard the rocking chair sound like a rocking chair, you heard the back and forth scraping, um, kind of scratching. That's just what I saw. I see. And I feel like this person kind of wanted their presence known. It feels very territorial, feels like, you know, don't get comfortable. That's just the thing I see. There's no way for us to confirm that stuff, you know, 
So I'm not going to dive too much into him. But he... It's not necessarily like he's an old man, by the way. It just looks like purposely was trying to be intimidating. You know, like... That's interesting. This is... Uh, my space this is our space yeah because i even get like a feeling like choky feeling and when i get like a choky feeling like i don't like it that's why i didn't really want to dive into him and i when i see him ooh, and i just got like another weird feeling oh yeah i don't like that um <laughs> the other thing that i feel is is kind of like a shadow type person so i will say i will say and we'll move on because I'm not hanging out with this energy, is this is more of a protector entity. What I would call, like when you say lore, I would call like, you know, gods and goddesses type of thing. Deities. This feels like more like a deity type of vibe. Because I even feel it like on my face. Like I can, I can feel when the energy starts to get a little weird. Hold on. I'm, I'm lighting incense, everyone, <laughs> as we talk, because I can see it. And it was sometimes the shadow. If you hear the, the lighter, that's me. Sometimes those shadow people are people and sometimes they're protectors of the space, meaning like people of the land, people of the culture kind of purposely invite these types of things. It's a different, it's kind of similar to hoodoo, voodoo, where they're like, we invite deities to stand guard and protect us. Same way people invite angels. And that's what I see. And I feel like, I don't know if the timing at the time when this was happening, where you got, if you guys were shortly like, okay, we're done here now, you know, we did our work and, you know, we're done with the work and we moved on to the next place but that's what I see moving on to the second one because we have a lot to cover I gotta move on <laughs> um, and you could comment at the end about anything but um, or I mean you could comment in between but the, the thing that brings me to the connection that's why because it's connected with the flower, flower petals and I absolutely 100% when I read this the first time and the second time believe somebody for sure came into your space and absolutely mm -hmm. did a ritual right wanted you guys gone that's wow. why i asked you at the beginning you sure there was nobody that was giving you side eyes because 100 percent believe that wasn't paranormal there wasn't candles that magically appeared there wasn't um you know anything like that and it's not catholicly you know, a Catholic thing. This is a hundred percent ancient craft. Somebody didn't like that those people, and um, your sister mission missionaries, um, and wanted them to leave. And the energy you felt pushing you back was leave. <laughs> yeah. And they and really strong magic can do that. You can walk into a space and suddenly feel like uh, something doesn't want me here. And that's why I'm saying those ancient type of cultures. If it feels disrespectful to some people to come into their place and go, 
you know, we're going to teach you about a new religion and right. Yeah. And they're like, get the, you are invading in our history and in our culture. So Mm -hmm. I believe someone just came in, not too hard to come into places like that, set up, purposely did put a blessing for sure, but a protection and a, like a warding. And I do feel that what you saw at the window, I was trying to see like maybe somebody might've been there. You guys didn't see. Yeah, I feel more drawn to that than an entity. Okay. Because I feel like if you, I feel like your initial reaction to leave was good. You know, when you open the door. I don't feel that was an entity. When you saw the shadow, was it see through? That's not necessarily, not that I remember. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't feel this was, um, I don't feel that this was was an entity. I feel somebody was watching like, yeah, you guys better leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I feel like it's a little bit of both to be like their witch doctor kind of mm. came in and they like, were were like, we're gonna, you know, set it to be known. We don't want you here. So I feel like whenever you go, when, when people can do that kind of magic, you can feel it. It's almost like it's what we call a warding, you know, like, a like, you know, as soon as I, I used to do this when I used to read at a place where people could just like, you know, go, you know, call up and, you know, book a reading at a store. It was a witch store. And because there was so many other witchy type people who, you know, read there, I did not trust the energy so I would put protective energy in my space I had my own little office and I kept all my stuff in there and people who would come in would say I feel like if somebody for me it was more I did it like if you're coming with negative energy you'll feel it people who were coming with negative intentions that I feel tied down suddenly right people who were coming from a positive felt place loved it and felt like it felt light and lovely in there but if you are someone who's like, I just want you to feel get out and you are looked at as the enemy, then that's the same kind yeah. of feeling. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is nuts. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. I feel like one of them the first time was an entity of another realm, but the same purpose. And the other one was human, but humans did it. Now moving to our last story of of our our friend Charlie. Um you know, as soon as I heard that he says I feel warm, I knew what he's talking about. What it is is that he's open to it and a lot of people who are on the spectrum are are better to be open cuz they don't logic it out. It's kind of like children are more open. But, you know, he's an adult, so he can, you know, choose what movies he wants to watch or things he's into. You know what I mean? Like, he's Mm -hmm. not going to, you guys aren't going to say, oh, it has to be PG, you know. So, um, so what I'm saying is I absolutely feel like he was open and had an ability. And when he feels the warm, it's because that is true. I feel like, this sounds, it's not bad, but it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, it's a creepy way to go about it, but I feel like energies talk to him and are around him and are kind of taking advantage that he's open 
And that's why he felt the warmness because he would feel the presence come in. I absolutely believed he saw the people in the front lawn, but they were there to protect you guys and her. That's kind of the vibe the we got from it yes. too. Yes. Because we were talking about it afterward and we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like your relative came up and scratched you. I don't think so. No, no, absolutely not. So I feel like what happened was, is that the relative was um, trying to protect and trying to help. And then um, the energies that were negative um, scratched her. And let me tell you, that's level 10 paranormal activity, like 12, 13. Uh, Scratching is not good. And the fact that it disappeared the next day not good and she had three I, and by the way everybody you can go to the Instagram he, is it okay if I post that picture you sent yeah. me or okay mm-hmm. everyone you can see the picture uh, scratches on the arm no good very bad um, that is I feel the heaviness you felt going up to his room was the energies that were negative around him you know poor guy doesn't know any better to him it just probably feels good yeah I do he, feel he was seemingly seemingly unaffected by anything unaffected just, yeah because he's kind of like uh-huh. yeah because <laughs> because he's kind of like whatever you know same same old same old you know so in a in a, in a way that's kind of good and I, it also tells me there were others trying to protect him as well so you know that's that's what i see it, it was a lot and it was real um and you know because he wasn't able to know how to block that type of stuff you know that's kind of what happened so she was right to leave she was right to get a blessing whether it's from the mormon church or from a shaman whatever she needed Mm -hmm. to get cleansed (laughs) yeah let's let's just like yeah there we go we're all (laughs) cleansing we're all cleansing everybody but um yeah, that was for real. So those things. So I definitely, I definitely feel what's interesting is the first half was these kind of culture type of not happy about what you guys were there to do um, on the other side and on this side, and um, and then the next one was just because this kid was very, very open right. to this type of thing. All right. So what do you think? That is, that is interesting, super interesting. It's uh, I haven't before listening to your work on here. I hadn't really heard of that scale that's used, but when yeah. you're referring to that kind of level 10, 12, 13, what is that out of? Yeah, that's just my own scale of okay. what what I'm. I'm not really doing a scale of like one through ten. I'm doing like how severe the paranormal activity is that i'm trying to show people how rare it is meaning like if if you would go from like common to zero to it can go all the way up there is no to me like a limit and so to me 12 13 is like not very common okay you know pretty pretty um and severe kind of imagine like if you're gauging the wind you know how hard it blows and how strong it's going to be right okay it's very similar because it's energy yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. interesting yeah i have i've used that scale on here before um two two um podcasts ago 
or not two podcasts ago, the podcast that was about the girl who grew up in a home that had right. crazy things. Yeah. That was like level 20 because she was getting shoved and things like that. Yeah. I know when I was on Bryce's they, on, on the big, on the BCC, they were, they were like, Oh, just recently last week. Um, they were like, what is the scale thing? And I'm like, because some things are, there is no limit to it. <laughs> I'll on to how, what's possible basically. That is really nuts. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. No, thanks for <laughs> inviting me on. I was so stoked. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, I hope this uh, confirmed your science mind a little bit. Yeah. I thought there's definitely still something that I can't really quantify to, you know, something observational, definitely some spookiness to it. Usually what I say this, this is, this is something I can leave you with. If you feel that you can't explain it, not just logically, but you know what you saw and felt, and it was something you've never had before, and you know it's something, that's usually what you should trust. Because that's, that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's not always something you can even explain to somebody sometimes. You know, there's many things I experience that I don't talk about because I know it will lose its potency and there's really nothing I can really explain to compare. So I just know what I felt and saw. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, have, Thank you. Have a, have a good night. <laughs> you too. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, so there was a lot to cover here and I felt bad because I did, I reached out to Michael afterwards and I was like, I'm so sorry if it felt like I rushed you because I really, really didn't want to rush him on this story. Um, but it was so much to cover and I wanted to get it all in, but we got it all in, right? And the main thing that I thought was important was the first story. It, as somebody who grew up in the church and the Seventh-day Adventist, where we had to go and recruit people and bring people into, um, what are the biggest things that goes wrong in this? And I didn't ask him if he was still like involved in this church, but I think one of the biggest things that goes wrong in this is um, people don't respect, you know, the their their. Um, the cultures that they're dealing with. You know, I think that's like one of the problems that comes to if you're going to do like a missionary um, work is that you don't tend to like really respect that the people that you're, you know, going. And, you know, it's totally understandable. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't say that, you know, this is a problem. Secondly, I want to make a correction. Um, when I read the, the email, it is not Mike, it's PK. I apologize. I had said the wrong name. This is PK's story. <laughs> so I apologize. It is not Michael's story. It is PK's story. So um, please take note of that. Apologies. But I wanted to say, you know, about PK's story is that it was you know, like I said, you know, 
you got to respect, you know, when you're doing work and you're, you know, doing this type of missionary work, that's kind of like the problem. So I'm not surprised that was my initial hit that somebody was like, you know what, this is our place. This is our beliefs. Like get out. Like this isn't cool. I absolutely felt that like right off the bat. I was like something or someone is upset, but I really felt like it was someone's that they were not happy with uh, them coming there and doing that work. That's why initially I asked them like, were people upset with you? What was going on and that type of thing. So I, I felt that with that story and the second story, and I do, you know, there's no way to confirm it obviously, but you know, I go on what I felt. He kind of felt the same way. He had the same vibe that there was like, you know, an unwelcoming, like could have been he said it was mostly kind of very friendly and everything but yeah there was kind of like yes we're invading in these people's lives this is kind of a test you know uh a, to attest to that one you know whether it's spiritual or religious or even woo woo whatever you can't force your stuff onto people you got to respect people and what their beliefs and I really feel like that someone created like a ward and was like don't come in here and it worked. Um, the second story was really interesting because I definitely believe that children who are on the spectrum, especially children, but people in general who are highly on the spectrum, they're kind of like in between both worlds. Like they kind of are here and they're kind of there. So they're very open to it. And I really uh, think I missed PK that, that I, you know, I'm kind of realizing that Frank, this is the part and I had messaged him later. And I think I even thought he was Michael in that email too. So I apologize. Um, that's a different Michael, not McMillan, but a Michael that I will have on this podcast. Um, but I was like, wait a minute, did we cover this enough? And what I realized is that I missed that that this Frank was in the building. So you see, I feel like he saw that there, there were spirits that were trying to protect her, but he also saw a relative of hers. So it's just, a, you know, he was gifted and he doesn't understand, but I think the reason why he likes those movies and he felt warm is because it starts to open him up. Like it was his way of connecting to that realm. It's kind of the same reason why I don't tend to watch a lot of movies like that. Not like I'm afraid or anything, but it's because, you know, people always want me to see paranormal movies and I'm like, listen, this is my life. This is what I live with. You know, I don't need to watch movies on this. It's the last thing I want to do. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it, but I'm definitely not into, you know, slashers and things like this, but like the conjuring and things, you know, it does kind of like push you know that boundary so I feel like for him it opened something up and even though it felt heavy it wasn't dark for him but there was unwanted energies that probably were not good for him but he did deliver the message he was being a medium for her he said hey you know your relative is saying hi there's people trying to protect you but like he didn't wasn't aware that there were things that he needed to be careful of so there you go. Both so interesting. You know, it's just so interesting because I feel that there was so much spirituality around both of these topics, 
even though it is the LDS church and there were things going on, doesn't mean that the people who were involved weren't thinking they were doing something intentionally spiritual, but it was almost like a spiritual battle where the other, you know, parts of the people who live there were like, no, we have our beliefs and we're going to call upon our people. You're going to call upon your God and your angels or whatever you deal with. We're going to call upon ours. Very interesting. And then the latter story is, hey, I'm open. Um, have a message to say but they they were so afraid of it even though i happen to know and you know mormons do believe in life after death and all of that it was still like listen kid uh we were watching the conjuring we didn't know you were gonna conjure and he did good for you charlie <laughs> good for you but you gotta definitely be careful i'm gonna give a, i want to give charlie my little magic wand for just doing a good job of tuning in and being a medium, but we always want to protect, especially those who are vulnerable to those realms. So I wanted to um, give a little announcement. Speaking of you, I did a little vote. You guys, which class you wanted me to return? Everyone voted for Psychic Development 101. It is up. It is ready for you to join. It will be meeting not this week, but the next. And also, some people wanted a one-off class. The Psychic Development 101 is a four-week course, meets every week online, come live or come later. But I also have the dream class that I'm doing on how to differentiate between spirits, <laughs> talking to you, aliens, uh, astral projection lucid it's a one-off class to kind of help you navigate your dreams maybe a little bit of dream interpretation class as well you can get all those on my website daylavine.com also if you're interested in my services as a reader adaylevine.com also if you want to support this podcast there are two awesome ways you can write a review big easy done free don't gotta really do much but write a review or throw a star up and the second is my patreon which i post um four videos a month including one speed reading for you all where you receive 35 percent off of my readings anytime you want with the code that is sent to you once you're joined it's a great way to support what the work i'm doing here i haven't put ads on this podcast yet um i don't feel like i'm even big enough to do that but for one and for two i i provide something I do. So that's the best way you can support me and the work I do here. Thank you all so much. Keep the emails coming. They started rolling in. I love it. Keep them coming in. Follow yourself. Follow no one. Listen to your inner voice and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the House Medium Podcast, and thank you for those who joined me on my podcast and allowing me to also read your emails and having all of us, including the listeners, go down the rabbit hole with you. And speaking of which, don't forget to email me all your questions at thehousemedium at gmail 
And you can also follow me on Instagram at The House Medium or Adele Levine. And if you're interested in my services, you can check out adelevine.com. And remember, those bumps in the night, or if you need help on your housing needs, renting or buying, I can pop on by. But if you are experiencing bumps in the night or shadows in your room, it may not be just your imagination. So contact me, Adela, your house medium.